All right, everyone, welcome back to the Nitty Gritty Real Estate Podcast. This is part four of our mini series, and we've covered a lot of topics to lead to this point. And today we're talking about going from being a renter to a landlord. So let's go ahead and jump into this. I'm Jesse Rojas. I'm joined with Tom Krieger here. And um, let's talk about what we need to do and how to get there to change places. Okay. Well, first of all, Jesse, thanks a lot for being here. I appreciate it. Um, this is your first podcast with us, and we're very blessed to have you on. They're a very knowledgeable real estate agent in your in your own right. Hey, Jesse, so yeah, I, I want to answer that first question. How do we start the process of changing yeah. from being that tenant to being the landlord, right? Mm -hmm. Number one, start by knowing your options. Yeah, that's okay? great. Yep. Know your credit standing. Know how much money you save, you have in savings. Know what your debt to income ratios are. Work with a qualified real estate agent. You wanna work with a real estate agent who understands this entire process of getting you from being a renter to eventually getting you to be a landlord. It's important that you lay out a plan with your real estate agent and maybe your financial advisor too. And it wouldn't hurt to bring your, uh, your tax consultant in. Get all four of those people working together with you, all right? And then go out and purchase your first home. Now we talked about that in the previous podcast, how to get your home. So mm -hmm. we're gonna move forward from purchasing that first home to understanding the equity position that you have in that first home. So number one, after three years, one to three years basically, your equity position could be about 25% of the value of your house currently. Wow, that's a big number. That's a that huge could be number. A huge so number. So think about it is in your first home purchase, you acquired it and let's just use an average. It was a first time home. You you um, acquired it at $250,000, okay? So you're going to have roughly about $67,000 worth of equity in that house after three years. Wow, that's pretty impressive. You can do a lot with that money. Exactly. You could do a whole lot. So the next step, and I talked about this before about taking, in a previous episode, taking out the equity you don't really want to take the equity out of a home to buy a car or to pay off a college loan. What the only time you want to take money out of your home is to use it to buy another investment. Most of the time, because this is what I do for a living, mm -hmm. I want to suggest you take the money out of your home in the equity position and use it to buy another home. So you acquire something, what we call as a HELOC loan. It's a home equity line of credit. So the acronym mm -hmm. is HELOC. And you can take that money out of the first home you're in and use it as a down payment for another home. And that could be pretty substantial, right? Yes. So, I mean, we're talking about 67 some odd thousand dollars. And that is a heft, hefty down payment on something, depending on whatever loan product you're going with, right? Exactly. So like if you're moving up, like if you buy your first property and you're moving up to another one, you can definitely put down a smaller amount towards that new property and then get that other one out on rental, right? Exactly. That's kind of the, the process that we're looking at. Exactly, Jesse. So I always tell people, if you want to build generational wealth through real estate, your very first home should be a starter home and it's not going to be your forever home. So when you develop that equity in there and you pull that equity out and use it for the down payment for the next home, 
that's a home that you're stepping up to. Mm-hmm. You're moving up. You're either moving into a larger home, you're moving into a more desirable area, maybe better schools. And then the first home, you make that the rental property. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, let me ask a question. Sure. Should we have a renter, potential renter in place already with some kind of agreement before we go looking for financing on the next one? Remember in the first part when I said how to start changing yeah. places, you're going to find the right real estate agent mm-hmm. and you're going to build that plan. Part of that plan is you laying out what are the rents going to be for this home when it's re- when it's rentable. In other words, right. by the time I get done with this home. Now, what we have seen in the past, and this is something that's kind of new to the market right now, is people are doing this, but they're buying brand new construction. Hmm. And they're waiting for that construction to be finished. Then they move into that. In the meantime, the house they've been in for three years, they're making sure things are are perfect. They're they're what we call tenant proofing them, mm-hmm. and then they're doing their homework on what rents are going to be. Make sure that the you're renting this house so you can cover your mortgage payments that you have plus your HELOC payment. Remember, <laughs> right. you've got two payments there. Now you've got your original mortgage and then you've got a HELOC. So you want at the very minimum that rent to cover the mortgage payment plus the HELOC payment. Yep, and this is another reason to have a big team, right? To have a team that's on your side guiding you through this entire process. Exactly. Like I said, the real estate agent, obviously yourself, a banker, your tax preparer, and maybe a financial advisor, okay? So we're in there, now we've acquired the HELOC, we have the money, we purchase the next home, whether it's a new build construction or it is an existing home. We're out of the house. We've got the tenant in there. We're in the new house, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Three years, what do we do? In three years, again. Rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat, <laughs> right? That's how you're going to generate that that's generational exact, wealth. Exact, that's how I do it with this. I go. rinse and repeat it with the shampoo, right? <laughs> well, you know. Yeah, you do it down here. <laughs> so... So Jesse, that's how you start it. Now, you have to, again, you have to find the right guide. And I, when I say guide, I mean real estate agent. But in any journey, mm-hmm. it's always best to have a guide. You have to have a Gandalf, right? You gotta have somebody that's gonna take you to the promised land, okay? You need to have somebody to guide you. So how do I find the right guide? That's real important. Yeah, I think that's huge. You know, you know it'll take, It'll take some time to interview the right real estate agent. Don't and here's I wrote this down. I didn't want to. I didn't want to uh, miss this up. Don't hire a guide who has not followed the path before. You don't need to expose yourself while they learn the way too. Mm, that's huge. Okay, that saves time and potential money. And what mm-hmm. I mean by potential money is that you can stop the mistakes before they happen. Like, you know, I bought this house, it was inexpensive, it was a low price home, but I couldn't couldn't rent it for what my mortgage payments are because the area is changing, Mm -hmm. right? Or I bought this house and I didn't have the right inspection and it's cost me a fortune and I literally needed to take a loan on the house to fix it up to even make it livable. You don't wanna go down that route, okay? So make sure that the guide that you hire, the guide that you find, take your time, make sure they've done this before, they understand it, 
Mm -hmm. and interview them and ask them questions. Hey everyone, we wanna interrupt this episode to let you know that we are a Keller Williams Southern Arizona franchise. We are also realtors practicing equal housing. Right, so when you're interviewing and having those questions, you wanna talk about what that process will look like. Uh, if you don't know anything about it, you wanna ask them, do you know this path? This is something new to me. I don't know where I need to go. Yeah. Um, most clients, don't even have that idea in mind no. to rinse and repeat. So expect the right person to bring it to your attention, to come from an investment point of view, because essentially that's what it is, right? Exactly, Jesse. You should have this in your mind when you buy the first house, okay? The, the concept of trying to put the milk back in the glass jar when the glass jar is broke doesn't work, right? Right. So remember I talked in the beginning about a business plan. The business plan is that you are thinking, I'm buying this first starter home, it's gonna eventually become a rental, I'm gonna move up into a next house, which eventually come to be a rental, I'm gonna move into another house, which mm -hmm. is going to become a rental, okay? That's how the business plan works about every three years. Now, this isn't for everybody. Not right. everybody wants to relocate every three years, right? That's fine, mm -hmm. it's not for everybody. Right. Um, I want to say that I'm speaking specifically to tenants right now that want to become landlords, mm -hmm. not tenants that want to buy a house and let the house appreciate in value. And that's my retirement when I get 65. Right. That's a different scenario. That's completely. This different is scenario. about taking and becoming a landlord from a renter. Keep your mind open that I am gonna be moving about every three years and I'm gonna ride the appreciation and I'm gonna use that appreciation to purchase another property. And the rents on that first house eventually will be significant enough that the primary loan on the house plus the HELOC loan, there'll still be a significant amount of cash flow that you can apply to the second house to help pay that HELOC payment there. That's great. And as you build this, if you think about every three years, you're moving in a 30-year period, you can have 10 investment properties. Mm -hmm. And when all of them come to fruition, meaning the mortgages are paid off, that is mailbox money. I go down out the front door, I open the door, and I pull these checks out, all 10 checks, and oh, guess what? I get to go to the bank and put them in the bank. <laughs> That's great, I think right. everybody would love that. Exactly, and <laughs> you can do that. It is not impossible to do that. You just has to, have to be disciplined. You have to be willing to make moves on a regular basis and always move up a little, always move up a little, okay? Mm -hmm. You can also move down a little too as the kids leave. That's true too. You can start moving down a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, but you need to make a business decision to move from a rancher to a landlord and build generational wealth. And that's what we're talking about. So you can pass it down to those kids that have left the house. Mm -hmm. It's nothing more than a business decision. The business you make decisions on is a business that you wanna be involved in, right? You don't make business decisions on businesses you don't wanna be involved in. So you gotta to wanna to be involved in this. And again, mm -hmm. I wanna stress this, this is not for everybody. Right. But the people that want to build generational wealth from being a renter, this is how you do it. This is for this is really amazing to me. Yeah. Right. We look at some of the most wealthiest people that are out there, right? 
We're talking about Warren Buffett, all these other individuals, and they've achieved their wealth through real estate transactions. Am I correct? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's so many examples. Yeah. And the, the path has already been forged. All we have to do is follow in their steps to be able to do this. So Herb Cole, who used to own the Cole's food store, was a senator from Wisconsin. I knew personally. He had 6,000 doors at one time. Wow, that's Think incredible. That that's yeah. a massive And I'm not government. talking about the front door, back door. I'm talking about a, bill, a, you know, a unit, right? Right. A unit by itself. He had 6,000 before he was 50 years old. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. So and it's doable. That's the thing. It, it is doable. Is doable. And, and the more you do it with the guides there, you may look for different guides or your guide might grow with you. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's not, um, it's not set in stone that you'll stay with the same guide. Right. You may outgrow the guide. You may outgrow the real estate agent. You may end up going from 10 single family homes to one 24 unit apartment complex. That's a big deal. Yeah. Now you want to move over to a different type of guide, a commercial guide. Yep. Yep. That's a, that's a completely complete topic on itself, yeah. I, I think. But I think these are huge points for anybody really seriously considering becoming a landlord from a rancher position. This is even a great plan for someone that has already made their first acquisition. Absolutely. In, you just pick home. it up from, from step two, right? There you go. So I've lived in my house eight or nine years. Mm -hmm. And I've, you know, and what what's happened the last two years? Right. Right? <laughs> We're seeing some yeah. massive appreciation. 20, 18%, you know, anywhere from <laughs> 30 to 40% appreciation rates over the last two years. It's true. There I, is tons of equity. If you haven't stole it, and that's if you haven't <laughs> stolen from your future, right? That's what I say. If you start taking money out of your equity position mm -hmm. and you're buying Mercedes Benzes or you're taking trips to Italy, you're stealing from your future. Don't steal from your future. Right. And the right guide is going to give you the tools to monitor this kind of ac yes. action, right? So yes. one of the tools that we have at our disposal, uh, we partner with some lenders to get it. It's called Homebot. We get to show everybody on a monthly basis what the market's trending on specifically for their yeah. property. And you can see some pretty huge results as I have seen yep. where my property is even appreciated close to $100,000 from when I first checked it in 2018. Yeah. So that's an incredible thing. And guess what, everybody? I'm doing this. Yeah. I'm going to be jumping in. You think about some people, it would take them four years to make at their normal job to make $100,000, right? Right. And you didn't do, quote, quote, anything during that four-year period. Right. It just made itself. Again, it's it's passive, but it's not passive. You've got to work it. And what were those? What was the the appreciation gains that you had mentioned? 18 percent. Yeah. So so in certain areas of the country, it was as much as forty percent. Wow. Okay. Other areas like Tucson, it's eighteen percent. That's huge. Yeah. Think about your average four hundred one k return on your on, on your investment. No, there, no, it's not even close. As we're talking right now, the stock market had had gone into correction mode, and now it's to the downside, to a bear side. But now recently, it's correcting back up to a bull market from the bear market. But that moves up and down. Right. One thing I want to share with people is that everybody has this fear about two thousand and eight. Those were extenuating circumstances with poor credit worthy buyers mm -hmm. and the politicians created an environment where they forced the banks to lend to these people. Right. 
We don't have that anymore. No, the lending The lending is tightened changed. up like a noose around your neck. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, those so, conditions are gone. Yeah. But here's the other thing, Jesse. We all know that the houses have appreciated so much that if you lost your job, you can sell your house and still have money. Right. Back then, you couldn't sell your house. You'd have to come to closing with money. You didn't have the money to come to closing with. So they just walked to the bank just... Thank you, Mr. Banker. I can't make my payment. Here's your asset back. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. You know, uh, I know a couple other things that we've talked about in previous podcasts. Um, you know, the market is shifting a bit. We're not seeing nearly as many. Now, this is the part that I, I think is really important for people to know. We're not seeing very many foreclosures happening as nope. we did back then. Nope. We don't see a lot of people underwater with their assets, right? So it's good to get in touch with someone that can help you understand what you have at your in your hands so that you can make these moves. Exactly. The right guide, we say. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on this mini series of what it's like to become ultimately a landlord from the very beginning to now. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in the next one. Thank you for listening and watching the Nitty Gritty of Real Estate podcast here with the Tom J. Krieger team of Keller Williams, Southern Arizona. If you are interested in buying a home, selling a home, or even investing in real estate, we have 5,000 agents across the country that we can connect you to. If you need any free resources, feel free to check out our website at www.thetjkteam.com. We hope you have a great day.